Please open your Bibles with me to the letters of, to the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Church of Ephesus, where we will be reading from Ephesians chapter six, from verse ten to verse twenty. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Thus ends the reading of God's Word. At the end of World War II, the Russian army occupied my home country, Romania. And for the years that followed, they imposed a communist regime, a dictatorship. So at first, when this happened, large groups of people fled from the cities and they went in the mountains where they organized for a while uh, a resistance. They had very few weapons, they, they had very limited resources, but they hoped that uh, soon there will be some help coming from outside the country. So when they were there in the mountains organizing that resistance, every morning when they, they would wake up, they would look at the skies, they would look toward the, the peaks of the mountains, hoping that they would see allied planes coming in to help them fight against the Russian tyrants. But there was no help coming, as we know from history. And eventually, all those people ended up in labor camps, and they were tortured for decades. The enemy got to them, uh, there was nothing else left to do. There was no way out. The fight was over. And that's how we feel sometimes in our fight against sin, the world, and the devil. At first, we are very naive and optimistic. We, we think we got everything figured out. At first, we start changing many things in our life, and we think it's going to be easy. You just have to say no to temptation. How difficult can that be? Easy, a walk in the park, until it's not, until we fail. And then what? 
If you thought you are this good Christian who has everything figured out and you fail, you might feel like it's all over. You, you gave it everything you've got and at the end of the day, it leads nothing, uh, nowhere else but in failure, back in sin with its guilt and shame. But the text we read this morning shows us that the, the Christian fight is not about what we've got, but about what Christ has for us. It is not a fight from a position of inferiority. We are not, pi- we're not part of this naive resistance in, in, in the mountains, a naive minority thinking they can change things. No, we're, we're not like that. We are the, the subject of an almighty king who has once and for all defeated the enemy. And we might find ourselves behind enemy lines, but our king, he leaves no man, woman, or child behind. He protects you. And the Apostle Paul teaches us how to live in this dangerous world in light of the salvation that we have in Christ. Because we are saved by Christ, we have all the resources necessary for our protection. And we are called to use those resources and to be watchful. When you feel overwhelmed by the temptations of the devil, when you, you feel overwhelmed by the pressure of the unbelieving world, when you feel that you no longer have the power to fight and you're ready to give up, listen to the words of Jesus who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When you're, when you're overwhelmed by the hardships of life, we are to turn to Christ because he is victorious over, over the world and over death. He's the true God and he's the first man who was raised from the dead. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he rules over his church. He is worthy of our trust because he is the faithful witness who can trust his word. He's the firstborn of, of the dead and he is the ruler of kings on earth. And in order to understand this spiritual protection that we have in Christ in this dangerous world, we will look at three things we discover in the text we just read. First, we see the enemy who attacks us. Second, we'll look at the Lord who protects us. And third, we'll see our duty to watch. First, we see in this text, we see the enemy. Who's our enemy? In order to understand this battle, to understand this fight, we need to understand who the enemy is and what the enemy is doing. Who's the enemy? In verse 11, the apostle describes the enemy as the devil. In verse 12, the enemy is described as principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And verse 16 describes the enemy as the wicked one. And this list of the enemy might be surprising for us because we, we tend to have different lists of enemies, right? Uh, the people from another church, the people from another political party, 
the bad neighbor, the difficult boss, and all the other bad people out there. But looking at Paul's list, it seems like he's not paying attention to what is happening around him. His list is, is full of Satan and his devils, but there's no human being on this list. Were there no bad people in Paul's centuries? There were some bad people. And he, he, we know he had enemies in the church, people who would not recognize his authority and would, would fight against him in the church. We know he had enemies outside the church. He was imprisoned, and we, we know from history he was executed. But the apostle says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And Paul says this because someone else before him said, love your enemies and praise for those who persecute you. People are not our enemies. Yes, people who act as enemies of the church, they're, they're guilty of their evil acts, but at the same time, they're victims of the devil who rules over them. And what Paul emphasizes in these descriptions, especially in verse 12, is the fact that not humans are our enemies, but the devil who rules over those who are in spiritual death. And that's why the Apostle Paul teaches us to make the distinction between the devil who's our enemy and other people dead in sin who are used by the enemy. They need the deliverance of Christ. And that's very important for us today. Because sometimes temptations come through other people. Also persecution come, comes through other people. We don't have violent persecution. There's no one chasing us to kill us for our faith. But there can be some pressure and some hostility from other people around us. When some people hear that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who, who died and was raised from the dead, they'll, they'll think you're a naive person who believes in fairy tales. When, people see that you, when, when some people see that you go to church on Sunday in, instead of using your day in another way, they'll think you are obsessed by useless things and you're wasting your, your life. When some people realize that you're guiding your life according to the law of God, they, they, they'll think that you are wasting your life instead of you know, living your life and doing whatever you want. And then when some people mock and ridicule us, it is very tempting to treat them as enemies. But the Apostle Paul teaches us in Ephesians that we were all born like that. We were all born as enemies of God and His church. We were all born in spiritual death. We were born in unbelief. And those people, they are not our enemies. They need the gospel. They need to, need to believe in Christ and to be saved by Christ. We must not show them enmity, but love. Our fight is not against them. The devil is the one who, who might use them to attack us. Our fight is spiritual, not earthly, not against people. It's against the enemy. And what does the enemy do? Well, we, we look at this text and we see that the image portrayed by the Apostle Paul is not our attack 
on the enemy, but the enemy's attack on us. Christ has attacked the enemy once and for all, and he defeated the enemy once and for all. And now the enemy is desperate. He knows that he's defeated, and he turns towards us. We are, we are surrounded by the enemy and by people who are enslaved by the enemy. And that's why in verse 11, we are called to stand against the wiles of the devil. And in verse 13, we are called to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then we know that the apostle Peter presents the same picture of the siege when he says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The devil is the enemy who is besieging us. And what must we do in this situation? What should we do when we realize that we are under siege? This brings us to, to the, the second point, the second thing we see in our text this morning, and that is we are to trust the Lord who protects us. The enemy attacks us, but the Lord strengthens us. And we, we, we see the Apostle Paul saying in verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And verse 13 calls believers to take up the whole armor of God. What should we do when we realize we are under siege? We should seek our strength in our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us strength. He gives us the means to resist this siege. He saved us from the rule of the devil, and now he continues to, to save us from the power of the devil. He included us in his people. He gave us a heavenly citizenship. He made us part of the kingdom of God. He protects us. He nourishes us. We have everything in Christ. Even when you feel helpless or deprived of, of resources, you must always look to Christ because in the, in the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and session of Christ at the right hand of the Father, we have all things. We lack nothing to persevere and to resist under the siege of the devil. And when the Apostle Paul is describing this armor that we see here, He's making certain references to the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, where we read, Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so he will repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. To the coastlands he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. And the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord, 
My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. This is a prophecy about Jesus Christ who comes to our earth, who comes as man, and he comes as a divine warrior. He comes to, to, to judge the world. To, he comes to defeat the enemy. But the, at the same time, to bring a salvation, not only to those who are physical descendants of Abraham, but also to people from the west and from the rising of the sun. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, are described by Isaiah as the armor of Messiah, the armor by which Christ has already defeated the enemy. And now the Apostle Paul tells us to take upon ourselves the same armor. This text is not a call for us to be righteous so that we would be protected, but it is a call for us to take upon us what belongs to Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the holiness of Christ, all these things which become ours when we are united with Christ by faith. When we believe in Christ, we are united with Him and everything that He has, everything that is His, becomes ours. Christ has already defeated the enemy and that is why we are victorious because we share His victory. The world is already at the feet of Christ. As Paul already said in Ephesians 1, Christ sits at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He's victorious. He rules over the world. His resources become ours by faith. How? How do we get to put on this armor? All these elements of the armor, which are mentioned here by the Apostle Paul, they all have to do with what we receive on the Lord's day through the means of grace. What we receive when the covenant community gathers in worship. You might see the minister just, just talking or just breaking the bread. But Christ is using these means, preaching and sacraments, to give you His truth, to teach you, to strengthen you, to build you up in faith, to guide you so that you would be ready, that you would have the resources which are necessary to withstand the attacks of the devil. Through the preaching of the Word and the administration of the, the sacraments, we receive this armor our inner man is built up with all the elements of this armor. Ima imagine a soldier who's deployed on the front and he sees the enemy coming towards him. But what would happen if that soldier would not have confidence in his armor or in his weapons? Just, just imagine a soldier who thinks his armor is no good his weapons are no good, and he sees a dangerous enemy approaching him. So if, if you think that your armor and your weapons are not good, the only logical thing is to just 
throw them away so that you could, you could run and hide because they cannot help you. And my example is so absurd, it's, it's even difficult to, to imagine such a soldier. But that is how we, we behave sometimes. That is how we act sometimes in our Christian life. Many times we do not, we do not trust the armor that, that we have from Christ. Many times we do not trust the spiritual weapon. So what do we do? Many times we, we throw it away. We are, we are scared of the enemy who's coming towards us. We panic. We don't trust what we have from Christ and we throw it away and we run and we try to hide. Paul reminds us that we can trust the armor we have from Christ. We can trust the weapons we have. We should not throw them away. We should not ignore them. We should not look for something else. There's nothing else that can protect us because there's no one else who has defeated the enemy except for Christ. But if Christ has already defeated the enemy, if he's the Lord who protects us, then what is left for us to do? This brings us to our third point, our duty to watch. In verse 14, Paul, Paul tells Christians to stand ready and watch. In verse 18, Paul says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul calls us to discern the enemy. He calls us to understand the protection we have in Christ. But he also calls us to be ready to watch, to, to be ready to reject the attacks of the devil. Christ has equipped us, and now we are called to use this equipment and to carry out the mission. Christ has won the war on his first coming, but until his second coming, he has left the church as an embassy of heaven. He's offering the gospel as a means by which sinful people like us can be reconciled with Christ and may enter his kingdom. And in verse 20, the Apostle Paul describes himself as being on the front line of the gospel and being there as an ambassador of Christ. And this, this provides us with a complete picture of this fight. The complete picture of this fight is the, the siege of the devil against the, the embassy of heaven, an embassy through which Christ uses the gospel to bring people out of the rule of the devil into his kingdom. Until his second coming, Christ does not judge the world he does not judge the kingdom of rebels, but he has sent his church to be an embassy where through the gospel there is reconciliation, there is salvation from the wrath of God. And we are part of this embassy. We are all working in this embassy. That's why we are called to be vigilant. We are called to defend this embassy from the attacks of the devil. We are called to participate in the life of the church 
where this reconciliation of the gospel takes place. We are called to keep watch over ourselves and over the, the obstacles that the, the devil puts many times in our life. We're called to use the means that Christ has left for us so that we would not be overthrown by the attacks of the devil. We're called not to be scared by the devil, not to be, to be scared by his attacks, knowing that our Lord protects us. That is why in this difficult world, when sometimes we, we, we fall in sin, when sometimes we fail to, to defend the embassy of heaven, when sometimes we fail to remove the obstacles that the devil puts in our life, we should not despair. We should not uh, panic. We should not run away. The Lord continues to be with us. In spite of the devil's attacks, we are not alone. Christ is with us, and Christ will pick us up from our failures, and he will, will help us to persevere. Let us pray. Our Lord, we thank you that even though we are behind enemy lines, you have not left us behind. We thank you for coming into the world to rescue us. We thank you for remaining with us through your Spirit. We thank you for all the protection that we have from you. And that is why we ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom and strength. Help us resist the attacks of the devil. Give us uh, the clarity of mind to trust the means that you have left for us and let our hope increase in you, knowing that at the end of the days, on the day of the resurrection, we will be completely delivered, not only from the rule and power of the devil, but also from its very presence. We thank you for your love and for the comfort that we have in your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen.